continue on again talking tonight on the unmerited favor of God. Amen. And do you know what? what? That's what we are under. In in this generation, thank God that we are under the grace of God. And the Bible tells us that we're not under the law, but we're under grace. And you know what? We need to be able to take that word grace and understand what it means. It means the undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor of God. And you know, God's favor in our life is not based on anything that we, we do. It is based on everything that Jesus has done for us. And so when we look at the grace of God, we need to understand that. We need to, we need to know that everything that God wants to do in our lives is based on, on what He has done, not based on what we do. And you know what? If, if we're involved in it, okay, and the grace aspect of it, if we're involved in the grace aspect of it, then that means that we can take the credit. And many of you know God doesn't want you to take the credit. Amen. He gets all the glory. So if He gets all the glory, that means He does all the work. Okay, that means he does it all. Now, and when it comes to receiving it, that's where our part is. Our part is we receive by faith. Okay, but the grace itself is, is the unmerited favor of God that he provides for us based on what Jesus has done for us. Amen. And we looked a few weeks ago, we looked at the fact that we are favored of God. And not just favored, but we're highly favored, the Bible says. The Bible lets us know that we are highly favored of God. And, and many people don't have that image of God. Many people don't have a good image of God. Many people have an image of God as an angry God, just ready to get you once you do something wrong. But I tell you, we're favored in God's eyes. When God looks on us, He sees Christ. He sees us in Christ. And because we're in the beloved, the Bible lets us know that we are highly favored. Amen. So we looked at that the other week. But you know, I, I did start looking at, you know, what um, favor brings in our lives. And we started that. And then I just wanted to take a step back and go and just look at this, this um, portion here that, that I've been looking on for the last, uh, well, I was looking at it the last couple of weeks, actually, um, talking about the, um, what is the gospel. I've been really asking that question what is the gospel because so many people have so many different ideas on what the gospel is um, many times people's image of the gospel is they hear some, somebody angry sitting preaching hell fire and brimstone to them and many have had that image yeah. has yeah? any of us ever went to church and you were just dangled over hell for the whole time you were there and you were roasted and you were roasted for the whole time you were there. And you know what? I know I had that experience. And I had that experience in many um, circles growing up and went to many Christian meetings. And do you know what? You, you, you went to the meeting and you came out of the meeting absolutely terrified. And you know what? And I'm not saying there's not people don't get saved under that kind of teaching. There is. But you know what? You, you have to get that image of God changed. That God is not out to get you. God, God's not... Um, throwing lightning bolts at you and dangling you over hell. Now, there's a lot of people get saved, and the Bible talks about people get saved, and it's just like they have the smell of smoke on them. Do you know what? They were, they were, they were, they were scared into getting saved. Okay? They were scared into getting saved. But you know what? Really, the gospel, that's not really a true reflection on the gospel. Um, let, me, let me put it this way. I want to just start off this way. I've been sharing this here, this message, in a few different places. And, and you know what? I, I've been sharing this um, way of putting it across the last couple of times. And that is, you know what? There's a sound that goes with the gospel. Okay, there's a proper sound. How many, many of you know that there's a sound um, that goes with certain things? It, it just fits certain things. Um, it's like, you know, you, you take the, 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 the soundtrack of Annie. 
You know, well, that's, a, that's, a, that's a song I'm sure we all heard listening, or listening to growing up. We'll probably play it in our house. You know, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And you know what? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great soundtrack, okay? It's a great song. But you know what? can you imagine if that song was taken and put into something like, you know, um, death metal or something like that? And it just wouldn't carry the same, it just wouldn't have the same impact. You couldn't imagine, tomorrow, it's not going to go. Because the sound is as important as the, as the words. Okay? The sound is important. And you know, let me put it this way, many times people have the right words, but they have the wrong sound. Okay? How many know we're, we're wired for sound? There was a song out about that one time, we're wired for sound. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we, we, we know that song, we're wired for sound. Actually, science will tell you that, you know, our body responds to sound. It has a huge impact on our lives. And that's why we love to hear music. You know, music is played all the time. People love to listen to music. Every day, music is played over and over and over again. It's a multi-million pound industry. Do you know why? Because music is powerful. It has an effect on you. Music can make you feel sad or music can make you feel glad. Music, music can cause you to feel depressed or music can cause you to get up and dance. Do you know, it's like when you go to a wedding or a 21st or something like that. Do you know, it, it, the music is important for the night. Uh, you know, it's great whenever you go to a, a, a wedding and, and the band is good or the DJ is good because it keeps people up on the floor dancing for the night. And it depends on the music itself because it has an, an effect on you. There's some songs you'll see people go and sit down and then they put an awe song and you see all those people getting back up again. Do you know why? Because music has an impact on our life. It affects us. And do you know what? When it comes to the gospel, there's a sound to it. And this is the best way I have of explaining it. You can have the right words, but do you have the right sound? Many times people have the sound of guilt and condemnation. And that's the impression that is left of people. Even though they have the right words about salvation and stuff like that. Yet the impression that it leaves on you is one of, of the judgment of God, of fear, and all of those things. And I'm not saying that there's not judgment, and I'm not saying that there's not sin, and I'm not saying that people don't need to give their lives to Jesus, and that there's a, there's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. That, that's true, okay? They're all true statements. But if you hear condemnation, and that's what you're left with, it's just condemnation, condemnation, condemnation. You are getting the wrong sound, even if you get the right words. Amen. Man, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Many have went to church even as a believer and you come out more condemned. Or you come out more aware of sin and more aware of condemnation and more aware of guilt than you are of who you are in Christ. Of you are that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's what I'm saying. Many times people say they have the gospel and they know the gospel. And they may have heard the gospel message concerning salvation. And that is true. And any way you get saved is good. Amen. Any way you get saved is good. But you know the gospel is not just the salvation message. The gospel is the message to the church. We're under the gospel. Amen. And I looked at that the other week there, that um, the gospel is the grace of Christ. It lets us know that over in um, Galatians um, chapter 1, that the gospel is the grace of Christ. The gospel has everything got to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with us. Our part in it is to receive it. Okay? The gospel has everything got to do with who? 
Jesus. Amen. That's what it's about. And when you say the gospel, what are we talking about? I like Andrew Womack's definition of the gospel. Um, that it's the nearly too good to be true news. And if the message that you hear doesn't leave you with a nearly too good to be true image, that you're thinking, wow, God, are you really that good? I'm not talking about just for salvation as in the forgiveness of sins. I'm talking about every area of our life where we hear the unmerited favor, where we go, God, are you really that good? You see, if you're not left with the impression, God, are you really that good? You didn't hear the gospel. Amen? You didn't hear the gospel. You heard the law. You heard demand. You heard someone demanding from your life or someone putting guilt on you or putting you into bondage, religious bondage. But I tell you, the grace of God will bring you out of bondage and cause you to serve God in freedom and receive all of the good that God has, not because we're good, but because He's good. Amen? Now, that's why I put that image up there, what is the gospel? I put people celebrating. Because many times when people, you say you're a Christian, people automatically put the image with you that you're a finger pointer. You're someone that just points the finger at people, judging everybody. And just all you do is judge everybody for their sin. And their impression is not left with a good God. It's more an angry God that just points the finger. And I'll tell you, when people have that image, it pushes them away from God. But if you see God as a loving God, a God of grace, a God reaching out, a God, like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, when it tells us for our message that we go on God's behalf to the world, is to let people know that God is not holding their sin against them anymore because it's been paid for. And that God's standing with a hand out, reaching out, saying, come to me, I love you. Everything else can be sorted out. Just come to me. Just come to me, a loving Father. I can change your life, but just come to me. Amen. And, that, and that's, that's the impression we need to have with the gospel. I said this as well, um, that the gospel is the power of God unto uh, salvation. And that word salvation there, it just doesn't mean forgiveness of sins. It's, to, it's a package deal. Amen. It's the power of God unto preservation. It's the power of God unto safety. It's the power of God unto deliverance. It's the power of God unto prosperity. It's the power of God unto healing. It's the power of God unto wholeness. So if we don't have the gospel, and that's our message for this generation, there's no power. Amen. There's no power. How many of you know there's no power in you do this? And you do that, and you do the other. There's no power in that. But you know what? There is power. Here's what Jesus has done for you. Come and receive. There's power in that. May you know there's power in the cross. Do you know what the power of the cross is? It's recognizing that Jesus did it all there for me. And when you see that and you receive what he done for you, may you know Jesus took, took care of sin, not just sin, the sin nature. He took care of every consequence that sin can bring into our lives. That's fear. That's depression. That's discouragement. That's loneliness. That's what the gospel is the power of, to set us free from all of those things. Amen. And that's what we, we've been looking at. God, the gospel is more than just the forgiveness of sins. It is that and that is crucial. But we need to see that the gospel is the grace of Christ for every area of our lives. And I said the last time as well, when you see the word grace, the best thing you can do is translate it and meditate on it. The word grace means the unmerited favor of God. Every time you read grace, understand this is God's unmerited favor to me. Amen. And so that's what I, that's what I want to continue on um, looking, at, looking at tonight because it's so important to understand what the gospel is in our lives. Amen. We need to know what the gospel is. 
Amen. Praise God. Because there's power in that. Uh, that's, why, that's why in the book of Galatians, it says that, you know, when you move away from grace, which is the gospel, okay, Christ becomes of no effect unto you. That scripture scares the living daylights out of me in the right sense. Because I do not want to live my life where Jesus is not a fact in my life because I'm in the driving seat. Understand? Where I, he's not a fact in my life because I'm, I'm in control. I'm, it's, it's, like, um, it's like you have Lewis Hamilton in the car with you and you're saying to him, it's okay Lewis, I'll drive. Now many of you know you'd be smart to move over and give him the steering wheel. Because you, if you're driving and Lewis Hamilton is in the car with you and you're in a race, he is being of no effect to you, yet he has all the ability to win the race for you. And I do not want to live my life where Jesus is the passenger and I'm the driver. Do you see, that's, if, you're on, if you're under the law, you're, you have to do it all. It's all what you do. But if you're under grace, you live based on what he does. And he becomes of a fact in your life. And you know what? I'm not going to live my life with me as the, as the driver. I have no problem humbling myself and saying, I can't, but you can. And I'm going to lean on him and receive his grace and his ability and his open doors and his breakthroughs and all of those things because he can do it, I can't. Amen. That's good news. And you know what that is? That's the grace of God. That's where I can't, but you can Amen. And so it's, it's a powerful, powerful, powerful message. Um, I, I, I started actually the other week and I was sharing this here. Um, I was sharing this example uh, and I never actually got round to what I was actually looking to do out of the example. Remember the other week I was saying that, you know, if, if I was to ask you to recommend a restaurant or something like that. You know what, you're, you, you're going to recommend something that you're going to stand by. If I was to say to you, where would you go? Where would you recommend? If you were going out for something to eat, where would you recommend that we go to get something to eat? I guarantee you, you're going to recommend somewhere that you have went over and over and over again. And you're going to say, you go there, I tell you now, you are going to get a good feed. You will not leave disappointed. You're only going to recommend something that you'll stand over. Okay? That's what you're going to recommend. And you know what, I, I want to look for a, for a moment tonight because you know what, what did Paul recommend when it came to what we listen to? What message we come under? What did he recommend? Because I want to know what he recommended because many would say Paul was an expert. Yeah? If, Paul, if, if Paul's given advice, you, you, you should let your ear take, perk up and listen. Because this was a man who was a very religious man if anybody tried to do it themselves, it was Paul. If any man tried to live up to a standard to where he could earn favor from God, it was Paul. Paul lived blameless under the law. And do you know what that means? It means no one could ever have pointed a finger at him. It didn't mean he was perfect. But in the eyes of people, I'm telling you, you wouldn't have been able to point a finger at Paul and say, do you know what, you're up to this and you're up to that. Because he lived such a squeaky clean life under the law. But you know what it was to Paul? All dung. Now, I'm not going to describe dung to us tonight, okay? But it's not something you put in your wall, is it? It's not something you show off. It's not something like when someone comes into your house, you say, come on around here, do you see my achievements here? And it's, it's just dung on the wall. You're, you don't do it. Because it's not, it's not something that you're proud of. And yet Paul said all of his achievements that he produced was done. 
That's why the Bible says, what does it say of all of our righteousness? It's what? Filthy. Filthy rags. That, it's not saying they're all of our badness. It's saying all of our what? Righteousness. Do you know what that is? That's all of our goodness. That's all of our effort. All of everything that we can produce. Just think about that. It's what? It's, it's a filthy rag. And, you know, I'm, not, I'm not going to get into it. Like, but I'll just, a, a filthy rag means a, a soiled sanitary towel. That's what it means. So it's, it's not something again where you'd say, here's something that I'm proud of. And that's talking about our righteousness. That's talking about our goodness. So, you know, Paul, li Paul lived under rules and regulations and performance. And, you know, all of these things, you know what, if, if, if you pray long enough, God will give you favor. And if you go to church so many times, God will give you favor. And all of, these, all of the things that we do, if you dress a certain way, God will bring favor into your life. If you have your hair a certain way. And how many of you know that, that a lot of people are in bondage when it comes to religion with everything got to do with makeup, hairstyles, dress, where you go, where you don't go, all of these kind of things that earn the favor of God. May you know? Yeah? And anybody that's been around religion will tell you. Any type of religion. Because you know what it is? It's based on what you do. I tell you, Paul lived that way. And anybody that has come under that kind of religious system where you compare each other with each other, you end up just being everybody else's judge and jury and you judge everybody based on how well you're doing. And if, no, if people aren't living up to your standard, then you, you speak down to them or you, you shun them or, or you, you, you murder them on the inside or look at the state of them, look at the cut of them. I know it because I've had all of those thoughts. I've had them all. I've had them all. Every, every one of those thoughts, I've had them. Every one of those Pharisee thoughts, I've had them. I know what they're like. And I'm sure most people that have been around a religious system know what that is like. And you know what it is? It's, it's, it's thinking I'm up the totem pole a bit, a bit higher than everybody else. And so it's nearly like I have more favor with God because of everything that I do. And that's not true. Everything that we received is based on what Jesus has done for us. And so when you look at Paul, what did he recommend? I tell you, Paul did not stand over the law. Paul did not stand over do's and don'ts. And he did not preach that system to people. Do you know what Paul taught the people? The grace of God. And that is for everything in our life. It's the grace of God for healing. It's the grace of God for prosperity. It's the grace of God for wholeness. It's the grace of God for deliverance. It's the grace of God that sets us free. Amen. That's our message. And I want power in my life. Amen. Amen. And the only way power will come in our life is by having the right message. And, and, and as I said, if I'm going to get advice, I'm going to go to someone that will stand over the words. And I can tell you, Paul stood over what he said. And what did Paul preach? And what was Paul recommended to? And what did he recommend others to? I want to know. Because I want to preach what Paul preached. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So I and and I'll, I'll show tonight and show that, that there was power. How many of you know there was power in Paul's in Paul's gospel that he preached? And then there was power in it. So I want to know what he preached. And thank God we, we can go to the scriptures and we can find out. Amen. Look look over here for a second and um, 
Look over here, and this is in Acts chapter 9, and this is after, do you know the situation with, with Peter and Cornelius, and now the gospel is going to the Gentile world? It was always God's intention for the Gentile to hear the gospel, but, you know, uh, they just hadn't got it yet until, you know, Peter had that vision with the animals and different things coming on, and you know what, then he went to Cornelius' house, and we know the story, the Gentiles got saved. Praise God, there was breakthrough in the scene that the Gentile could receive Jesus, just the way, same way as, any, as the Jews at that time. They, they could receive Jesus by just putting faith in the gospel message. Amen. Now, this is on the back of this, okay? And it says in, in verse 19, it says here, now, now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose um, about Stephen traveled as far as, as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch. And this is key here. Antioch is a key place in the book of Acts. It's a key church. Because this church ends up being a church that is full of the grace of God. It's a different church. You could go to this church and there was freedom in it. And I don't mean a freedom to sin. I mean there was a freedom to serve God. There was a joy in serving God. You weren't put under religious bondage. And there was such a joy in this place. Do you know what? That's the kind of place I want to be in. And that's the kind of place I want Life Source to be. I want Life Source to be a place of the freedom and the grace of God. Where people come in and they're not going to get a bunch of rules coming in. But they're going to get Jesus. Amen. They're going to get Jesus. And I believe if you get Jesus, your life, you just get on fire for God. And I tell you, it cleans up a lot of your mess in your life because you're on fire for him. Amen. Um, but this is what happened to this church. But it says here, it came as far as Antioch. And it says here, preaching the word um, to none but the Jews only. So this is how this started. And then it says, and some of, of them which were of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, look at this, they spoke to the Grecians, the, um, the preaching, or this, they um, spake unto the Grecians preaching the Lord Jesus. So now it's not just the Jews, now it's the Gentile. And this church in Antioch, it becomes a church that has Jew and Gentile in it. And it's, it's so different. Where there's people love each other in this church. And it didn't matter what your background was. It didn't matter what, what uh, you know, where you were from. It didn't matter any of those things. When you came to this church, you were treated just like Jesus would treat you. Amen. Not based on your religion. Not based on your color. Not based on your creed. Not based on anything. Based on as a human being first and foremost. And you got saved, came into the body of Christ. And I tell you, everybody was one in Christ. What a place this was, okay? And it says, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned on to the Lord. Then tidings of these things came onto the ears of the church which was at Jerusalem. And look, it says here, and, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Here's what happened. This church just explodes down in Antioch. And it's a different church than the church in Antioch. In, Ant or in Jerusalem, Jerusalem was a very religious church. Jerusalem was a church that was very Jewish. Okay? It was very Jewish. As in, you know what it was? It still had that Jewish theme to it. But Antioch was different because it was Jew and Gentile. And the grace of God just flowed. Do you know what? I, I, I've been in churches, so many churches, and so many churches, especially um, like... Especially down south, I've seen so many churches where there's so many different nationalities now in churches. You go into church and I'm telling you, it's just a sea of all different types of faces and nationalities. But you know what unites everybody together? Jesus. And there's something special about it. 
There's just something happening there. Because only the grace of God can pull people together from all different backgrounds. I mean, I say, there's something special that happens in that environment. Now look what it said here. And this is um, Barnabas that went down to Jerusalem. And notice here's what impacted Barnabas. Who, Barnabas, who when he came and had, look at this, seen the grace of God was what? Glad. Glad. I tell you, he went there and it was different. The church in Antioch was different than the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem is very, it became very strict. Is it? it started off great, but as it went on, it became just very legalistic. Okay? Became very rigid, very legalistic. But you know what? When Barnabas went down to Antioch, in this church, there was excitement in this church. There was freedom in this church. There was joy in this church. I tell you, they weren't looking to see what you were wearing or weren't wearing. They were just glad you came and received Jesus. And they were excited about serving Jesus. Amen. And you know what? The word got to the church in Jerusalem. They sent down Barnabas. And you know when Barnabas went in, he went, you know what? This is the place for me. Amen. This is it. They know what it was like to start off in freedom. Oh, there was such a joy. But if we don't watch, we can end up back in rules again. And when Barnabas went there, he went, boy, this is what it's all about, Lord. This is it. It's all about serving you in freedom. It's all about serving you in grace. And if you keep reading down here, do you, know what, do you know what Barnabas did? It says in verse 25 there, Then Barnabas departed to Tarshish to seek for Saul. He went and got Paul the apostle. And he brought him to this church. Do you know Paul never attached himself to the church in Jerusalem? But when he came here, do you know what he did? He plugged in. Do you know why? Because this was a church where the grace of God was flowing. And Paul had got a revelation of the grace of God. And when he came here, I tell you, he knew this is the place for me. Amen? Now, we know that Paul and Barnabas were in this church. And then, as time went on, they ended up going on mission, missionary journeys. Paul went on three missionary journeys. Now, here's the first whenever they launched out, okay? I want you just to, to see us here. This is how it started. They went. And I'm, just, I'm showing here that the church in Antioch was a grace of God church. Paul was in this church, okay? And he was launched out of this church to go and preach. And Paul went everywhere preaching the gospel, okay? Now, it says here, um, we know these, these, story, the, or these scriptures here, but I want to just bring out something as we go along here. It says, now, now there was in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, um, which is called Niger and Lucia of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with her to Tetrod and Paul. If you go through all of those guys, you'll end up saying this was like a metropolitan church. There was people from everywhere in this church. It was just such a mix. There was black, there was white, there was people from all different backgrounds, all different languages. It was just an amazing place to be. And everybody loved Jesus. And were excited about the things of God. Um, and, and then it says here, and, they, and as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, look at this, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Paul, onto the work where I have called him. And then verse 4 it says, and they are being sent forth by who? By the Holy Ghost. Now, we're going to see what the Holy Ghost backs. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we need the Holy Spirit in our churches. We need the Holy Spirit in every aspect of our lives. I want to know what He's backing. And we'll see it as what He is backing. But you know, just, just um, let, let me just, I'll read this verse. I don't have it up here, but the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Grace. Now you know that. Yeah? Over in um, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 8 and, uh, or 28 and 29, it talks there, it calls him the spirit of grace, okay? 
Over in Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10, it says, And I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. It says here, The spirit of grace and of supplication. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one that mourns for his only son, and shall be bitter for him as one that is bitter towards or, or for his firstborn. It's talking about here when, the, when Jesus returns, that the, the Jewish people are going to look and they're going to, they're going to realize who Jesus is when he shows up and he's got nails in his hands, and he, and nail prints in his hands. Not the nails, they're gone. But he's got the nail prints in his hands. He's got the nail prints in his feet. And they're going to see the marks that were on him because they're left there as, as trophies. And they're, they're going to see the one that they pierced. But the Bible says here that uh, upon the, the uh, it says, I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Well, I'm going to pour the spirit of grace. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit, what he does is he comes and he administers grace to people. Isn't it amazing? They're going to see the one that they pierced and the one that they rejected. But what are they going to receive? Grace. Amen. That's what they're going to receive. They're going to receive grace. The Spirit of grace is going to come upon them. What I'm just saying is this. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of grace. And that's important because this is what Paul was sent to preach. Amen. Now, as I said about what was he recommended to? Paul went on his missionary journey and when he came back to Antioch, here's what it says here. And from thence, he sailed to Antioch. This is at the end of this first trip. They leave Antioch. They go and do ministry, and this is them coming back. And look at the way this is phrased. And from thence sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to what? What were they recommended to? The grace of it up there. Recommended to the grace of God. Amen? This is what Paul had been recommended to. So when Paul left Antioch, what's that really saying? It's saying here when the Holy Spirit separated Paul and Barnabas to the work. And you know what they were recommended to go and preach? The grace of God. And that's what the Spirit of grace came and backed up. So they went and preached the what? The grace of God. What is the grace of God? It is the gospel. Amen? That's, the great, that's what we looked at the other time we, were, we spoke in this. That's the gospel. Look here. This is again Paul and Barnabas. Whenever they went out, it says, And Paul and Barnabas chose, uh, or pa Paul chose um, Silas. Sorry, Silas here. Paul, uh, the story, I'm trying to skip over a couple of things just for time. There's too much in this to look at everything, okay? But you know the story, Paul and Barnabas, they had a bit of a fallout, okay, over John Mark. And so Barnabas went one way with John Mark, and Paul took another man called Silas, okay? And they went on their missionary trip. This is the second time they went out. It says, And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto what? The grace of God. In other words, this is what the, the church in Antioch said. We're a, we're a church that is full of the grace of God. We're sending you out. And you know what we recommend and what we're backing and what the Holy Spirit is backing? He is backing the gospel of the grace of Christ. He is backing the gospel of unmerited favor. Go on out and minister and administer the grace of God to people. That's what, that's what they did. You understand? <laughs> yeah? You see that? Look what it says here of Paul again. Um, over in Acts chapter 20. Again, this is what Paul recommended people to. This was Paul talking to the elders of Ephesus at this time. And look at what Paul said. He says, but none of these things move me. 
Neither count I my, my life dear unto me, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. And here's the ministry that Paul received to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Amen. What's the gospel? The gospel is the grace of God. Or what, or what is it? It's the unmerited favor of God. Amen. Amen. And now Paul says, Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his what? Grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. Do you know what? It's only the grace of God that will build you up. And it's only the grace of God that will give you an inheritance. Amen. I, I tell you, if you preach law to people, there's no inheritance comes with that because it's based on what you do. But if you preach grace, it's based on what Jesus died for you to have. It is your inheritance. It is based on what he done. And that's the grace of God. But what I'm showing you here is that Paul was recommended to the grace of God. And Paul recommended others to the grace of God. And I can guarantee you, if Paul was here today, I, I, I can tell you, do you know what Paul would be preaching? He'd be preaching the grace of God. He'd be preaching the unmerited favor of God. That's what he'd be preaching. Because Paul was a minister of the law. Paul was a Pharisee. And he knows what it's like more than any of us to be under the law. And you know what Paul would say? Get out from underneath the law and get yourself under grace. And stop you trying to do it and receive everything that Jesus has done for you. And you'll reign in life. Amen? You'll reign in life. You, you can't reign in life through your ability. You can only reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. It's the only way for us as believers. Amen? Now, praise God. I know that excites you. That excites me. That takes the pressure off me. I, I, I lived my Christian life for a long period of my Christian life based on what I done. And it wore me out. It was worrying. But I'll tell you, there's a joy and there's a gladness and there's a freedom that comes when it all goes back on Jesus again and you start living your life out of what he done and you start to believe what did Jesus do for me well whatever he done for me I'm going to believe that by faith I'm blessed not because of me I'm blessed because of Jesus I'm forgiven not because of me but because Jesus paid the price for me I have hope not because of me but I have a hope in Jesus it all comes back to Jesus again what he done and I tell you he comes in the center Amen it's all about him Amen now over in Acts chapter um, 13, it lets us see here in Acts chapter 13 what Paul actually did preach. Here's one of Paul's messages. You know, we can go and we can look at the doctrine, like in, in, the, in the epistles, and we can see what Paul laid down as foundations for us to believe. But here's, a, here's a, an instance in the book of Acts where we actually see Paul preaching. And this is not all of the message. But here's how it would start. Paul, and this was based on, this was in Paul's first missionary journey. What Paul would do is he would go out, and what he would do, he'd go to the synagogues, and he would wait for his opportunity to get up to speak. And when he would speak, he would start, and what he would do, he would go right back to, you know, right back to Abraham, and he would bring it right up there through Abraham, through the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He would come right up and he would come to David and he would talk about that there's a seed coming through David. And then he would talk about John the Baptist, how that John the Baptist proclaimed Jesus. And then Jesus was the one who came and he is the saviour of the world. But what happened was he was taken and he was crucified. But he rose again. 
so that you could be forgiven. And this is how Paul would talk. And he would say, it has nothing got to do with us keeping the law. It has got everything to do with a seat. And he would bring it back to Jesus. This is how Paul would speak. And so really what he would bring it back to, Jesus would be the center of everything that he would speak. Okay? Look at that. And this is really, it's really is, it really is an important point. I know it's a bit more technical than like looking at this. But I tell you, this is important to see what Paul preached. Let me just jump into this message here. Just, this is in the middle of this. is just after Paul has talked about Jesus and the resurrection. And you can, can you imagine Paul standing up and, and preaching this here just in the synagogue? Just standing up. And, and I mean, there are people that are really sold out to the law. And Paul's standing up and saying, the law can't save you guys. It's not about how, what you were. And it's not about your clothes. And it's not about all of those things. That has nothing got to do with it. That doesn't give you favor with God. It's not about your law keeping. It's all about Jesus. And you know what? Some people re- received it and some people rejected it. And it is no different today. Amen. I find there's a lot of people who want to hold on to their goodness. Because they think it gives them credit with God. Look, look, let me just jump in here. It says, And be it known unto you therefore men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Can you imagine him standing up in the middle of all of these religious people? Who held dear to the law and telling them, do you know what? Everything you're holding dear to can't do a thing for you guys. It's only Jesus. It's only Jesus that can heal you. It's only Jesus that can change you. It's only Jesus that can save you. It's only Jesus that can bring hope in your life. Amen? And you want people looked at him like, who does he think he is? Yeah? Who does he think he is? And you know what, the, what happened was here, if you, I'm not going to read through all of this, but you know what, the, um, the, a lot of them rejected Jesus. But here was the thing, the Gentiles keep, kept, or rejected Jesus and rejected Paul for preaching this. But you know what, the Gentiles, now there was a lot of, there was Jews who believed, but mainly it was the Gentiles who started believing this message. And it says down here in verse um, um, 30, or 43, it says, And when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious pro- proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Do you know what Paul can told them to continue? Guys, do not go back to the law for anything in your life. Do not go back there. Once you come away from the law, do not live your life anymore based on you. Stay under the grace of God. Amen? This is, what, this is how Paul taught. I want Paul's results. So I'm going to have to preach Paul's message. Amen? May you want Paul's results? Absolutely. But you know the message that Paul preached? He preached the grace of God. When Paul preached, it was Jesus was at the center. Everything we have is because of him. It is not your goodness. It is because of him. Amen. And I tell you, when you receive Jesus that way, let him change you. Amen. Not rules and regulations. I find when you receive the grace of God, it'll change you. It stirs you up to where you want to serve God. Amen. And it says here, on the next Sabbath day um, came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Well, what was the word of God that was Paul was, well, that Paul was preaching? It was the grace of God. Amen. 
Look here, um, I'm not going to go through all of this either, but you know, it's just, it's just, you can look at this, this is Paul's first ministry journey. And what I'm trying to bring out here is, when Paul preached grace, that's the power of the gospel unto salvation. And I want the power of God unto salvation in every area of my life. I am not going to live my life without the power of God in it. Amen. I'm not going to live my life without the power to change. You can't change yourself. I'm going to live my life letting Jesus change me. I'm going to live my life letting the grace of God change me. Letting the grace of God empower me. Letting the grace of God cause me to abound in life and cause you to abound in life. Because it's only through the grace of God and the gift of righteousness that you will reign in life. And Paul knew it. Amen? Now, here's what happened here. Paul, he moves on. This is the first missionary trip here. So you'll read it um, in, in Acts 13, 14. And look at it. says, And it came to pass in Iconium that they were both gathered together in the synagogue of the Jews and spake. And a great multitude both of Jews and also of the Greeks believed. Amen. And it says here, And the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. Um, long time therefore they abode speaking in the Lord, which give testimony unto the word of his grace. Again, what's Paul speaking? Everywhere he goes, he's given testimony unto the word of his grace. And notice what happened. And granted signs and wonders to be done by his hands. Do you know why? Because this is what the Holy Spirit is backing. He's the Spirit of grace. So when Paul preaches the, the grace of God, what happens? Signs and wonders happen. Amen. I think there's a real connection there that a lot of times we have missed. I know, I know um, even with signs and wonders and miracles, I know a lot of stuff that, uh, that I would have been taught over the years. Um, uh, you know, especially when it came to, to things like, you know, God moving in your life. You, you had so many hoops you had to jump through before God would move. Instead of just believing that it's God's will that he desires it. And if you put faith in what Jesus has already done, it's available. Just believe and receive. Stop trusting in yourself. Many times we think God will move in our life because of how holy we are. May you know God doesn't move in your life because of how holy you are. Amen? You just go and look at some of the great moves of God. And there's a lot of those guys that God moved mightily through. Had so much scandal with their life. But did God still move in their lives? Yeah. Do you know why? Not because of how good they were, but because they believed. That was it. Period. They believed. And God moved in their life. Because God doesn't move in your life because of how holy you are. That's actually what stops us. Because we, we start trusting and saying, I'm not good enough or I'm not holy enough for God to move in my life. Instead of just praying in the name of Jesus. Do you know when you pray in the name of Jesus, do you know you're not putting faith in you? It's not about how holy you are. It's, it's you're praying in the name of Jesus. It's, a, it's like, God, do it not based on what I have done or how good I am. Do it based on Jesus. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Because... We're drawn on him, not on us. Amen. That's why we speak in the name of Jesus. But many times we think it's in the name of Jesus plus how good I've been this week and how holy I've been. And all of those things. Or did I pray long enough? And that's what's actually cancelling out the power of God in our lives. Because we're still putting us in the equation. Instead of just saying, God, do it because of how good Jesus is. And I pray in his name. Amen. Now... If you read down here, it says here, and uh, um, Paul and Barnabas, they're, they're preaching in a place called Lystra. And here, I just want to bring this out here, just in closing this evening. And it says here in verse 6, it says, and, um, 
Yeah, they were under, they were, they were being persecuted everywhere they went here. But it, it says here, and they, they were aware of it and fled onto Lystra and Derby, cities of Laconium, and onto the regions that lay right about, round about. And there they preach, look at this, they preach the what? The gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the grace of Christ, what Paul has been preaching. And look what it says here. They preached the gospel, and, and there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. Look at this. The same heard Paul speak. What did he hear? He heard the gospel. Amen? He didn't hear, you know what, if you do X, Y, and Z, God will move in your life. Yeah? If you do all of these things, God will move in your life. God will move in your life because of this, that, and the other. Keep the five steps and God will move in your life. No, what did he hear? He heard all about Jesus. He heard that Jesus took your place and there's power in this gospel to change your life. Not based on you, but based on him. And this, this crippled man heard the gospel and do you know what came? Faith. Faith what? Faith for change in his life. Amen. That's what it says. Look again. And there they preached the gospel. And there was a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. Anything else that he heard never fixed him. Anything else that he had been taught never brought change into his life. But when he heard Paul preach, because Paul came with a different message. What was it? It was all based on what Jesus has done for you. And when you preach about how good Jesus is and how much he loves you and that his unmerited favor is towards you, not because of what you've done, it's based on unmerited favor. Do you know what happens? Faith starts to come because you realize I qualify. I don't have to be perfect to qualify. I qualify because of Jesus. Amen? Just look to Jesus. He qualifies you. You're not qualified because of what you do. You're qualified because of what Jesus has done for you. And do you know what happened as he spoke? Do you, know what, do you know what started to come into this man? Faith. What does faith access? Grace. So you have to hear about the grace of God to have faith in what Jesus has provided for you. That's why when you hear the gospel, do you know what comes? Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Go and read Romans chapter 10. What's it talking about? The gospel. When you hear the gospel, what happens? Faith comes. What is the gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ. It is the, the gospel is the grace, the good news of the unmerited favor of Christ. And when you preach grace, it just does something to you. Do you know why? You realize, God, that'll work for me. I'm not perfect, but I know this. Jesus is. That'll work for me. Amen. I tell you, every time we hear about the gospel, do you know what comes? Faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Do you know what is the gospel? The gospel is the unmerited favor of Christ. Amen. And do you know when we preach that? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is back in that message. That's the power of God unto salvation. For every area of our lives. Many areas in your life we need power in. Amen. Do you know the answer? It's the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. What's the answer? Grace. 
That's the answer. The answer is the grace of God. Amen.